Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. So if you don't know, this is our beautiful Emily. Emily is, and I'm going to, I've always called you this, Emily, you may not have known this, I call you Mark's Pink Diamond because of your story. Now that is a whole nother story. If you want to know about the Pink Diamond... Okay, you need to go and talk to Mark. And if you're in this room and you are waiting for your forever man, you need to talk to Emily and Mark. They're going to encourage you. So that's, that's for another day, okay? So Emily has, she is a, a f- working full-time, aren't you? Mother of two sons. Now, I can relate because I'm a mother of three sons and only one girl. So, <laughs> And Emily, you have carried the most amazing grace. This woman, she, carries, she can make anything look amazing. And whatever she walks into a room, she just beams this beautiful smile that just lifts the room up. So, and we love you. <laughs> and then we have our little Wendy. And I call you little because, well, actually, Jude, you're just as little. You're little too. <laughs> we look tall. So, but this is our little Wendy. Now, Wendy is also a mother of two sons. And, of course, Joshua, who did the MC today, is one of them. And Wendy, if you haven't been to Wendy's house, I would be surprised. Everybody in the house usually gets a chance to go to Wendy's house. She is an amazing mother and homemaker, but she also runs her own business. And not just that, she's super smart. (laughs) And on top of that, you know what else? Honestly, I, I can't even relate, not at all. She can cook. And she gardens, like, amazing. And in the midst of all that, she also doesn't just have two sons. She's got the most, I don't know how many, surrogate daughters. Just a few, yes. And then we have our beautiful Jude at the end. She's the new kid on the block. Okay, so Jude has moved up from Sydney. Oh, just coming back from to Wendy, do you know that she was born in South Africa? No, this is good. We've got to hold up our end because, you know, in that rugby thing. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Jude has just come from Sydney and we won't hold that against you. (laughs) Even though when Queenslanders come, you need to wear now a purple jersey. Maroon? Maroon. Sorry, purple's not right, is it? (laughs) Okay. And Jude, you know, Jude is not a mother. She's not a grandmother. But I can tell you one thing. Jude has dedicated her life to mothering and caring for children. She is a paediatric nurse, and she's done, I don't know, how many years would that be? Lots of years in kids' church, haven't you, Jude? Yeah. So today we have a variety of ladies on our panel, and I have done a little bit of research into them, and I just want you to hear the testimony of faith that is not just out of a book, that is living. And the pages are continually turning. And we get to learn from these ladies today, so it's pretty special. So would you come into our lounge room and join me today? (laughs) And we're going to start with you, Wendy. Oh, yay. Yes. (laughs) Do you love being a mum, Wendy? I do, with with all my heart, from the top to the bottom, completely. And it shows. It shows. You've got to have a Wendy hug, because that's really beautiful. But Wendy, um, you're a mother of boys and sons. Has that been hard? (laughs) Watch out, boys. I think Joe's here. Joe and Josh, okay, you're on the hot seat this morning. Was it hard being a mother of boys? To be very honest, (laughs) 
Um, there were times when it was challenging, but I don't necessarily think that's because they were boys. I think that's just being a mother in general. You feel out of your depth. Oh, what do I do here? You know, where's the book? Where's the do this, do that? You know, but um, so what would you say your greatest challenge was bringing up your boys? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> I think when there's, you know, when you question their choices and the things that they're doing um, and you want to feed into that but you don't want to push them away. So it's just really knowing what do I say, what do I do, how much do I push, um, do I step back, do I... Just say no. Yeah, I yeah. just say no. <laughs> yeah, there's certain things that you can no, just I say. I know what you're up to. No. <laughs> uh, so what would be your greatest moment being a mum? Oh, every day, really just knowing that they're my boys. And, and, you know, as they've grown up into fine young men, I just know that with dad working away, I don't hesitate. The boys are there. I used to panic when Vickers went away, oh, gee, I'm alone with the boys and they're young, what do I do? Now I don't. I don't, you know, the boys are there, they, they just fill the gaps, they do what they need to do, so... Okay, so boys, stick around because she do. needs you for maintenance. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, just, yeah, they, they and, and just their honesty. I can go to, you know, you'd think that you'd have that closeness with a girl, you know, but I can go to Josh and Joe and just ask them an honest opinion about something and they'll tell me honestly, you know, in different ways. And, yeah, we have a closeness, so, yeah. have, have you ever, Wendy, had a season in your life where it's been really, really tough? Could you tell us about a time that, as a mum, it really wasn't, wasn't so textbook? I think probably if I have to think back now, that was when Joe was little. He was a couple of not even three months old and he was a, a sick little baby and we were sitting in the lounge room back and forth to doctors and and he was just lying in my arms and I, I literally felt the life go from his body and it was just it was the worst feeling ever I felt like I was being torn to pieces it was it was horrible um, and you know God was good we got him to doctors and put him into the hospital and then I was torn because Josh was only four and a half years old and sleeping at the hospital at night and not getting to spend time with him, leaving him at a neighbour. So, you know, when, when they go through pain and difficult things, you feel it, boy. You feel it with every fibre of your being. So, Yeah, I, I've heard the saying, you know, that as a mother you're only as happy as your saddest child. And that's really true, isn't it? You know, when they're going through things, it's, it's difficult. Did you have a faith then? We did, but we didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Okay. No. Okay. Um, so, yeah. not like we do now. No. So that would have helped. Yeah. So, so when did you? When did? <laughs> when did that change in your faith? Um, shortly before we immigrated, for me. So how long have you been here, Wendy? Eleven years. Eleven years. Yeah. So for me, it was shortly before we we immigrated. Just. Um, there was a church that we started going to there and we just started building a relationship with the Lord. There was no boom thing. It just, it was something that, you know, just gradually, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home. My mum was Catholic, but 
you know, you neglect that relationship that you could foster with the Lord. And um, anyway, it started shortly before, for me, shortly before we moved over. Vickers is a different story. He can, he started at a different time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I noticed when Josh did MC'd and he said a thank you to you and honoured you, which was beautiful, Josh. Um, and he said, my mother's prayers have brought me home. Can you tell us what does that mean? Like, what part of prayer has that? <laughs> what part of prayer has it been in your motherhood journey? Um, early on, I mentioned when they, you know, start making choices and they start doing things that they think you might not know um, about, but a mother knows. <laughs> you can see behind corners. You I know can... they're sneaking into the house at night, yeah. thinking we can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Um, I think it's more in the, the adult years, you know, when um, they start doing things that they shouldn't be doing. There are certain things, and at certain ages, where you can say no, but then they grow up and you can't do that anymore. And yeah, a lot of prayers, a lot of prayers. I've got knee problems, actually. But, um, <laughs> a, a, lo a lot of prayers, just for, for them just to see God's light and just to make the right choices and not get involved in the, just all the prayers that a mother would pray. Would you say that your children have taught you how to pray? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> the boys teach us how to pray. They do. They do. <laughs> That's awesome. But it's a blessing to be their mum still. And you get to. And, you know, even that prayer, as much as it is you, you are praying for them and, and, and for God's light to come into their life and to lead them, it's... Um, it's all part of your journey with the Lord as well. It's all a part of the trials that you go through and it strengthens your relationship with the Lord. You come into dependence with him and, and just to be strong and confident in, in the things that you're praying for. No, I won't accept that. You you're know? a warrior in prayer. Don't yeah. cross your mum. Hey, she's strong. <laughs> she's, she comes across really gentle. But when you love something and you're like this, there's a fierce love that sends you to your knees to pray. Hey. Yeah. Haven't come down for yeah. my family. Yeah, yeah, we really are lionesses. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. So what have your children taught you in regards to your faith, Wendy? Patience. Um, Patience. <laughs> <laughs> we can all relate. <laughs> Persistence. <laughs> um, and just joy. I mean, just to, just to, I don't know, just to appreciate the love. Just, I don't know, to find... I suppose, first of all, your identity in Christ. And once you've found your identity in Christ, what you project to your kids yeah. and how that flows through into their lives and how you can sow from there. Because it's not you sowing, it's Holy Spirit sowing into them. Yeah. Yeah. And your boys, you guys are awesome. We love you. So let's go to Emily. Emily, can you tell us about your boys? Sure. Um, so I've got two boys. Um, I'm still, I guess, fairly early on on the motherhood journey compared to many of you. So I've got Noah as my eldest, he's seven, and I've got Joshua who is five. And um, they are gorgeous boys, um, but life has not been easy the last seven years with Noah. So did you want me to...? Well, I, you know, sometimes our stories are not exactly how we thought it was going to be, hey. We, we envision this amazing future and this is what it's going to look like and sometimes our stories don't necessarily look like that. So I know that's been part of your, your story, Em. So if you could just elaborate a little bit of what it's been on your motherhood journey and what it's been like and what's been hard and what hasn't. And 
I think um, before entering motherhood, you do have an ideal picture in your mind of what motherhood's going to look like, and and even the the, the pregnancy journey, and it, it, it gets very glorified um, in different spaces and um, movies and Instagram, and and so you you kind of get this picture in your mind about how amazing and beautiful and blessed it, it is going to be, which it is, but um, you don't usually get to see the hard days of what motherhood is like. And, and so I had a picture in my mind and, um, and even up to the point of, um, of giving birth, I had really psyched myself into it. I had, you know, I, I knew what was somewhat what was coming and I was, I was in the zone and, um, and then, you know, the, the, the whole labour did not go to my plan. Um, <laughs> and I was at one point thinking, what is going on here and why do people celebrate this? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I did go through, um, in the early stages of, of just after Noah was born, I did go through a little moment of, of postnatal depression and um, it was tough and, and I, you know, it wasn't fully recognised either, so you know I had days where I, I was I was vomiting just because I was so stressed about uh, about having this newborn and and I was a pretty um, high capacity person before having a child. I was working full time. I was actually working at church. I was Byron Ann's PA for many years, and so everything ran by clockwork and structure and routine and run sheets and. Um, schedules and so I was I was that sort of a person and so then you have this newborn and and they don't go by any structure routine or schedule um, so it, it was it was a learning curve for me and it was quite it was a, t a difficult time so um, yeah but but coming out of that once I sort of I, I found my feet I, I was really loving motherhood I loved being a mum and I loved having um, this little one that they start to smile at you and they start to um, really respond and don't just suck the life out of you anymore. They're actually giving something back and it's quite joyful then. Um, no, it, it, was, it was a special time. Um, um, but then I, um, I fell pregnant again soon after. So um, I was, uh, Noah was only nine months old when we fell pregnant again with Josh, which was planned, but it had taken us a while to fall pregnant with Noah. So we were kind of expecting that might happen and it didn't, it happened quickly. <laughs> so um, we had these two kids very close together. And, um, and so when Joshua was born, Noah was, um, was 18 months old and at that point had really started to show some behavioural difficulties and, um, and f every putting him in a car seat was a fight, every putting him in a high chair um, to the point where I was, it was quite traumatic where I was, I was almost having to knee my child into his car seat to put his car seat on and he would scratch me and pull my hair and bite me and and I was wondering, is this normal? Is this, is this normal, just toddler behaviour? And people kept telling me, yeah, that's just toddlers. Um, but it, it, was, it was pretty full on. And, um, and we had, and, and through that time, I, I very much doubted myself as a mum. I doubted, can I do this? Is this actually something that, why did you give me these children, God? Why, why is this so difficult? Why is it just me? Everyone else seems to be handling it okay. Why can't I just get this child to sit in a pram? Why can't he just eat food in a high chair? Why do, every time I put his nappy on, is he fighting me? 
Um, and I just continually just blamed myself. I just thought, I'm just not, I'm not made out for this. I'm, I can't do this. What am I doing wrong? And so I went through a really dark time of, of just doubting everything that I did, every decision I made, every, um, every, everything you do as a mum and you kind of question, why, God, did you put me in this position when you could have given this child to somebody else? And it, it was tough. It was really tough. Um, and then when Noah was four and a half years old, we, we received um, a diagnosis for him of, of autism spectrum disorder. And as heartbreaking as that was for Mark and I as parents, for me, it was a season of relief because it brought a bit of clarity to what we had been walking through and those really trialling days that I just had no idea what was going on and doubted so much of myself um, and it just brought a little bit of clarity. So, so Em, did you struggle with disappointment in that? Oh, absolutely. It was devastating for us because it, it's now, now looking at a at your, your child and how is this going to affect the rest of his life? How is this going to affect his relationships? How is it going to affect him as he, you know, with friendships? And, and even how are we as parents going to best support him through that um, with not ever having done a journey like this and, and not knowing many people that had either? So we kind of were very... We were very scared and we were very, um, yeah, just had no idea what it was going to look so like. So, Em, if you don't know Em and Mark very well, I'd, I'd really suggest you get to know them because I wonder, Em, if the seasons pre before, before motherhood, did they prepare you for what was about to come? Because I don't know how old you were when you gave your life to God. How old would you have been? I was 14. 14, and then you did youth, <laughs> and then you did a lot of things, and you were very strong in your faith, weren't you? And then when you had a dream to find a gorgeous husband, and um, that wasn't easy either, and it was a real waiting season for you, did that season prepare you with a strength of your faith for this next season? Absolutely. I think um, just, I, I was single for many years in church. I was, I was, you know, waiting and waiting to find my husband and, and Mark and I didn't really meet until um, I was about 27, 28. And all my friends were married by then and started having children. So it was a real waiting time. And, and but, but how much I grew in my faith in those years of being single was, unbelievable it, it gave me an opportunity to know Jesus like I've, I've never known him and that really yeah. sowed a lot of seed and and it put my roots down deep in those years so anybody here that is going through that season or you've come out of a marriage and you're now in that season of singleness again I just encourage you every moment that you have where you do feel that loneliness and you do desire someone to be with you I just fell in love with Jesus in that time I just made sure that I was just clinging on to his feet at every opportunity and and I had those moments where I would just have my worship music on and and I would have those times with the Lord that I, I actually don't get to have now because life is so much busier um, but I cherish that 
that foundation that I had because it has got me through these times now. And there's a lot of times now I don't get to read my Bible nearly as much as I need to <laughs> and I want to um, because of the busy, busyness of boys and them being up at 4.30 in the morning and it's all go. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, because of that time, I was able to really um, to, yeah. to sow some seeds. It's the kindness of God to prepare you, yeah. wasn't it? Um, were there times in the journey that you actually felt like, this is too hard, I can't do it? Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of days where you just, how are we going to get through this? And is it going to change? And when, God, is this, you know, is a miracle going to come for this child? Um, he is a beautiful boy, and yeah, many of you is. know him. Yeah. And if you meet him one-on-one, -on -one, you, you most likely wouldn't even know that there was anything different about him. He has such an exceptional brain and mind and gift. He is such an amazing drummer. Mm. Um, so what anchored you in those moments? Um, I think we just continually hang on to... Um, the knowledge that God is with us. Yeah. God awesome. is with us. Awesome. And um, I am so thankful that um, Mark and I can do this journey together. I know that there's many that don't get to do that. So I am grateful for that every day. And we, we often will pray for Noah and we talk about, okay, what, what's the next, plan, next step for the next journey? And, and we are very much, we take a day at a time some days, but we take it at a month at a time and a year at a time and things change and you've got to um, look at, at, at different medications and different therapies and different techniques to, to help this child through um, his, his difficulties. But there is, um, there is a strength that comes from God that I can't yeah. even explain to you that, yeah, um, that enables us to just get yeah. by day by day. Yeah. I think that's the key, you know, be encouraged that God will never leave you in a circumstance without providing everything you need for that season of your life. And we love Em and Mark because you don't know sometimes what they have to do before they get here, even on a Sunday morning. And to me, that's real faith. You know, we don't want a faith that's just textbook that looks good. But the real life is that sometimes coming into a Sunday morning service when you're serving or even just turning up, before you got here was chaos. <laughs> so what's that like for you? Is how do you do this on a day-to-day -day moving forward, Em? How do you do this? Um, and it, it is it's, it has its challenges, um, but we we try and just find our groove. Um, Mark serves most Sundays, as you know, on team, and so we we divide and conquer a lot, Mark and I. Um, <laughs> And that's, that's been a difficult thing, is for just to not even be able to um, be alone with two, the two boys on our own is, is a tough thing as a parent. You, you know, you think that, and for most parents, it's, it's quite doable to have both children and one parent. Um, for us, that's not so doable for us because um, the boys tend to clash a little bit. So we um we often have to take two cars sometimes wherever we're going and um sometimes we have to make sure that when we holiday it's only 30 minutes away so that we can 
One, one of us can bring one of the children home if need be. Um, and Sundays, Mark comes with one of the boys and, and they'll sit um, while the rehearsal's going on and I'll have one of them at home. And, and so we, we just, we make it work where we can. But, um, but yeah, li life is a little bit dif different and harder, but um, we are so grateful for, for amazing support and people and network and prayers. And, and honestly, we couldn't do this journey if we weren't in the house of God. You can be a Christian and not be in church, but man, it's harder. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you would choose to do that because it's, it's being part of a community of people that are here for you and love you. And on the days where, man, it, it was hard to even get in that car, um, and just to sit on the front row, even if you're in your absolute brokenness and someone just put their hand on your shoulder and you know that they're with you yeah. is just unbelievably such a blessing. Yeah. And you, I think that's probably my biggest, my biggest thing I've learned through all of this is show up. Just show up, even if it's tough. Even if you get here half an hour late, just be here because yeah. the presence of God is here to yeah. just be there for you. But so are all these people and so yeah. are we. This yeah. is family and, um, and it's, we get to do this journey together. Beautiful. Boy, we applaud you. We applaud you and Mark. You guys are awesome. So good. Thank you for that. I'm going to come back to you two in a minute, but Jude, our beautiful Jude, new, new, new kid on the block coming from Sydney. Now, Jude, you have dedicated your life to helping children and loving children. Can you tell us about that journey? Um, yes, I, I have. Um, it's, it's part of, part of uh, what's happened to me in, in being single in my life and I've always had a big heart uh, for loving kids and I feel that I've been able to love anybody's kids. I, I, very, I very rarely met a child that I don't um, love or attracted to as far as caring for them and loving them and being part of their lives. Um, every now and then, of course, because kids are kids. <laughs> and I mean, but, but really. And so my, my dream was always that I was going to have a big family and I was going to have lots of kids. And, um, and it took a long time for me to realise that wasn't going to happen, obviously. And so one of, I guess one of the things I did do was decide that that dream and, and that desire for a family was not going to be the defining thing of my life. Wow. And so... Um, I think you told me that at 17, was it 17 your brother was born? Is that right? Yeah, so that's part of a bigger story of... Um, uh, it was, I wasn't until it was 40 until I got to 40, or just near 40, that I realised I was definitely not going to have children because I kept moving the goalposts all the time. It was going to be 30, and then it was going to be 35, and wow. it's like, okay, the cutoff point is 40 because to start having children at 40 is not a very good thing for the baby's health or your health. And so it wasn't till then, and part of my... Uh, part of the way that God has helped me is, is looking back. He showed me, he showed me looking back in my life what he had done to make that up for me because the question came up in my life, obviously. Well, if God made me like that, if God made me to love kids, to want to have lots of kids, to be a mum, 
Why, why did he do this to me? Did he want to mock me? Did he want to make me look stupid in front of the world and foolish every time I turned up at a wedding or an event and I didn't have kids and people ask you the question again, did God, was God like that? And, and of course he's not. He had a different purpose for me and he showed me what he did over my life to make it up for me. So my brother was the first thing. My mum was very, very young when she had me. She was 17. And so she had another baby. At, well, I have got, I've got three brothers, but she had a child when I was 17. And that poor kid, he had two mothers, whether he wanted it or not. <laughs> and so that was the first thing. I had him in my life. Um, I used to say to him when we'd go to the shops, would you call me mum? And, and he would go, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I had that, I had that, that, that was a joy to my heart, and he still is a joy to my heart. And, um, and then I became a paediatric nurse, and in the latter part of my career, um, it, was, it was people's lives that are in the worst possible life that they could have, and, and I became more than a nurse to those kids and to their mum, uh, to their mums I and their dads. I became like a mum to them, I know it. And in my years of Sunday school, and God showed me this picture all along, what he did. I went overseas and um, and I got to minister to kids in Cambodia and in Thailand and and just, uh, I, he showed me like, it, he, he had prepared me. I didn't know till I was 40, but he knew when I was young and he set up all this stuff in my life, not to shame me, Tim, but it was glorious, actually. Oh, I love that because, you know, I know Jude as Joyful Jude. How do you be joyful when the picture you had didn't work how you thought it was going to have? So what keeps you soft? What keeps your heart soft, Jude? Look, Jesus keeps my heart soft. And right answer. <laughs> he does. Like, it doesn't mean that you don't struggle. I've struggled, but he has also blessed me with... Um, joyfulness, like I, I don't do it, it's just who I am, and so I can't take credit for that, he gave me that characteristic, and he also gave me this, this ability to just get up and go on, and just keep getting up, and keep getting up, and, and like to all of us today, my, my thing, no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstance, because not just being a mother, my mother's a grandmother, but she wanted mother children from me, you know, from her daughter, and, and she never got that. So it's not, whatever your circumstances today, you know, get up and go on. God is never ashamed of you getting up and going on, and he put that in me, so, yeah. So, Jude, it is beautiful, and you know, this is really the heart of the Father that you're carrying. It's beautiful, and it's, sometimes we just, we have things that everything's got to be the same as everyone else and just like you felt M that you know everyone else was celebrating motherhood and how awesome it was and no it wasn't so awesome it was hard um, and you wanted children and it didn't quite work that way and I don't know what your story's not quite been what you thought it would be but weaved in that there's a tapestry of his grace there's a tapestry of his love that says I will fill every gap in your life and I love that Jude, so how do you normally navigate Mother's Day? It must be a difficult day. I don't go to church. <laughs> it's like, why rub salt in the wounds? <laughs> and of course there's wounds. They're, you know, God heals them, but their scars are always Disappointment's there. Disappointment's a real thing. Disappointment's a real thing. So I stay away usually. This is probably the first Mother's Day I've been to church in 20 years. <laughs> You know the funny thing 
I'm just going to interrupt here because the funny thing was I was praying and, you know, I always talk to David and get his, his um, affirmation on what decisions I make. And I said, God, who? And David said, I know, Jude. And as soon as he said it, I knew Jude was, God was saying for you, Jude, to share today for all those other women in the room that finds today difficult. So how do you, make Today you turned up. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, God just, um, you know, he, he just makes it up to you. And, and I realise it's not about physical children. In fact, I was sharing with lovely Anne there just yesterday. One of the big things in my life has been what would my child look like? And I don't know if some of you can relate to that, but to me that was a huge thing. And just this week, because I was thinking and praying about today, he said to me, your children look like Jesus. And, and, I, and, I, and I just, it touched my heart so much because he, he is more to me. You know, you know Hannah in the Bible, and when she was crying out to God for children, she, her husband said to her, aren't I worth more to you than 10 sons? And it's like Jesus saying that to me, aren't I worth more than you than anything I could have given you? And actually, I would do it again because of the lives. There's plenty of kids in this world that are hurting, unloved, uncared for, abused. You just have to look up your street usually to find them. And so who's going to love them? And this life is really, really short. And this life is over in 80 or 90 years. But but eternity's eternity. And you have the opportunity, I have the opportunity to touch kids' lives for eternity. So yes, I can hold my head. God never wanted to shame me. God never wanted to make me look foolish. He wanted to give me something great. And that's not everyone's cup of tea, obviously, and it's not God's plan. But for me, I feel like it's an honor. is very kind he's very kind because we see him in you Jude yeah we see him in you he's faithful and kind and there are so many children that needed your love and so we thank you so we are running out of time and I just want to do very quickly can all you girls just really really fast first and foremost okay you can start Wendy what's one thing you can't live without don't be too spiritual here (laughs) love I, yeah, love. Your chocolate. <laughs> Actually, if you friends, want, friends. This and one family. here has love. a sweet tooth and she can cook. Lemon butter, like you wouldn't believe. Oh. Cookies, yeah, very good. And what can't you live without? Oh, I would have to say my husband. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's a bit cheesy. Mark and chocolate. <laughs> Um, But I just also wanted to say to you, Jude, um, you're such a blessing to my boys. You met them before I met you, and they knew you before I knew you. And that's the heart that Jude has for for children, wherever she meets. And Jude, I am so grateful for you. I, I hardly have had a chance to get to really know you, but I am so grateful for you and your love for, for children. And I, I also think that we all have an opportunity to be a mother to somebody. And I've got so many spiritual mothers. I'm blessed to still have my biological mother here, but 
I have so many spiritual mums. And even if you today don't have a good relationship with your mum, you have an opportunity to have an amazing relationship with your spiritual mums. And I've got many, many here. And, and I'm so grateful. And there's lots in this house, yeah, aren't I'm there? I'm so grateful. Yeah. Okay. Can you give us quickly just one line, advice to the woman today? Show up. enjoy the time together just make the most of every single minute love laugh just love love <laughs> um put people around you that will support you and strengthen you and and put into your life that's really important in that journey whatever your journey is beautiful let's give them a hand i've got a gift um for all the ladies yes thank you thank you ladies this is a little gift for you um, before you ladies go, thank you. girls, before you go, Jude, 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 <laughs> before you go, I really felt um, God gave me a scripture for both of you, for all of you girls, um, and it's from Song of Songs, chapter 8, verse 7, and it says, she arises out of her desert, clinging to her beloved. And when I awakened you under the apple tree as you were feasting upon me, I awakened your innermost being with the travail of birth as you longed for more of me. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This is a living, consuming fire that will seal you as my prisoner of love. And I just felt for all three of you that you're about to birth something. And I don't know what that is, but it's definitely a heavenly birthing, that God is birthing something incredible through your lives. And it's been in the pressing. It's been in the times where you've said yes, when nothing in you have felt like you've wanted to. And God said that's when the seed was birthed. And it's going to grow and it's going to multiply and something huge and big for God's kingdom is going to come out of your lives. So thank you, ladies. Thank you for being brave. We appreciate you. We have good women in this house, don't we? We really do. Yes, we do. Thank you so much. Um, before we finish today, I'm going to invite David to come up and I would like him to, play, to pray a father's blessing on you ladies. Um, not just mums, all the daughters in the house. So David, would you come up and would you pray for us girls? Definitely. You can stop here for a second. Okay, for all the mums that are here, um, I'd like if, if you're close to a mum, and if, if you're, there's a mother who's got children here, if you're here and you haven't got children, if you're a young teenager and you're going to have children, if you're an older lady and you've never had children, I'd like the, the men to, to just, maybe, maybe not even touch the woman, but Let's put your hands out towards them. Let's bless them today. Um, because we talk about the Father heart of God a lot. And, and, and we talk about Father. But the completeness of our God is that He came and He designed men and women to be together. And when they're together, they're complete. And the Father heart of God, we speak, we, when we speak that, we think of this strength, this power, this authority. But also, too, the, the, the mother heart of God where His love and His compassion and His mercy and His grace is poured out towards us and when that is shown with, with strength from the Father but love from the mother and it's complete so, so let me say to the mothers in the house and the women in the house 
you're complete when you show the love of God. Don't, don't have to contend with men. You, you, you are who you are and you're special. So um, I'm going to pray this morning. couple of scriptures and this word's from Proverbs 31 it says and I'd like to say this over every woman in the house whatever your story is wherever you are I'd like to say one other thing the story of your life is never finished don't sit in, in this page and I've said this before from the pulpit a book is there with the story of your life but there's pages that turn and there's seasons that turn and where you are now is not the end of your story. There's another season, there's another page that's going to turn over and it's going to be a good page. Because in Proverbs 31, verse 25, it says, Strength and dignity are her clothing. <laughs> and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and teaching and kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of the household and does not eat the bread of idleness. That is, a, that is a strong woman. And let me prophesy for all of you. That is who you are this morning. And I like to get a bit formal here. And I like to say, the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Every woman in the house, young or old. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. And give you peace. So God, I pray for every woman. I ask right now, Lord, let them know they're important. Let them know they're seen. Let them know they're loved. Let them know that they have a heavenly Father who loves them. And just to every woman, there is a heavenly Father that loves you. The mother side of God loves you even more. And what you feel on the inside, He feels. The pain that you feel, the love that you feel, the joy that you feel, He feels. So you can have confidence in who you are because He made you who you are. And He made you complete in who you are. So God and I speak a blessing over all of them. Let them know that every man and woman in this house loves them. I pray for a blessing upon their children. I pray for health and strength upon them. I pray for peace upon them. I pray, Lord, for unity. And when they go out and when they come in, Lord, they'll bring the blessing, Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, God, let them know that they're pillars in the house. And God, when you look down upon them, you smile. So, and Lord, I pray for every woman here, every person that's here who does not know you, that in this moment, they would feel the love of the Father upon their lives. That they would know that there is a God in heaven that sees them and loves them and wants to do relationship with them. And this morning as we celebrate mothers, let them know that there is a Father in heaven who is going to hold them up. But that mother heart of God is going to love them. Never going to let them go. He's going to call you let me tell you, there's people in this house and they felt they've never, they've never felt from God. He's going to call you. He's going to search for you. He's going to come for you. And that, and that 99 is going to leave behind because He loves you and He wants you to know Him. So this morning, as you go, let every single one of us know that we're loved and we're accepted in God. In Jesus' name, amen.